0: You're listening to Travel Nursing and Allied Life, hosted by TravCon. Welcome to the Travel Nursing and Allied Life podcast. You are listening to the Traveler Minute this week, and with me is a part-time traveler, longtime NICU nurse, and cross-border traveler, Mary Ellen Voth. Welcome to the podcast, Mary Ellen. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You know, I, I just noticed your shirt as you sat down there. Uh, what is the origins of your shirt? It's for those who don't have video, it's part American flag and part Canadian flag.
1: In, in a broken heart. In a broken and, heart. Uh, and on the back, it says, hashtag love is essential. And it's in support of when I first started traveling, I thought I didn't realize how many people are separated from their spouses. So I started a group that dealt with that. But then when the pandemic hit, I um, started finding thousands of people that have been affected by the border closing. And of course me and my husband are one. Now it's a little bit different for us because I do have a choice. Um, A lot of the people that have been separated are people that have a spouse that's Canadian and a spouse that's American, and they're trying to work on their authorizations. But anyways, this so this shirt, we had these shirts made up, and uh, it's a broken heart with half Canadian flag, half American, and then on the back is hash, hashtag love is the essential.
0: Oh, my God, that's awesome. Can you show the viewers who are watching the video what your shirt looks
1: like? Okay. So I'll, down there. That is fantastic. I love that. And I, if I'm having a hard time, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Love is essential. Hashtag love is essential. That's great. Very nice shirt. Now, for those of you who, uh, for those who don't know you, Mary Ellen, you are born and raised Canadian, right? And That uh, One of the really neat features that I wanted to talk to you about today was the fact that you do part-time traveling, which a lot of travelers jump in with both feet. They just do full-time from one to the next to the next, which I did for years. But there's a lot of travelers who have a family at home or a spouse and they just want to go either to escape summer or to escape winter, one of the two (laughs) usually, and they may only want to do it a little bit part of the year. And that's what you do. But you do it even further and you uh, work in Canada and then you cross the U.S. border and work in the south somewhere to escape the winter.
1: Is that right? Well, kind of. I don't work as a nurse in Canada anymore. Um, I'm a retired nurse up there. I do have an income, but I won't go into that. Um, it's got nothing to do with nursing. Um, but when I was nursing, I worked what they call uh, casual. So only Canadian nurses would know what that means. Um, so That's it's like, the equivalent
0: of per, of per diem down here. Yes, yes
1: right. And um, so I would, you know, I had two jobs. I would work um, during the summer months up there and then I would come down here and work during the winter to escape the cold. And um, going back to the mid nineties, the first travel assignment I ever took was out of necessity because there was job cuts back home at that time. So um, we ended up moving to Texas for three years and I moved back to Canada. And then I said, I wanna travel just for the fun of it, to get out of the the cold, to go someplace different. And so I started off in Florida where my sister lives. My husband did not like it. (laughs) He's happy with it now, now that I'm California. During the pandemic, I had said to him, I don't even want to go back to work anymore up there. I, I kept extending my contract and he said, well, you're collecting Canada pension now. So maybe it's time for you to retire your job up here and just do the travel nursing. So that's what I do.
0: Now, how do people, I'm sure they're all sitting here thinking, how do you convince your employer to give you three months off? You know, most per diem requires uh, either every week at an availability. If you're lucky, it's only every month. Uh, how do you how did you manage with your employer to get that time off to you would come down for two or three months, right?
1: Right. Well, so initially, when I started doing this, my employer had said, that's fine, because we know you're working. It's not like you're going on vacation for three months or whatever. Then. um Uh, So I was working at a hospital in Calgary, uh, the the big trauma center, but I was working in the NICU there. My manager at one year said, no, we're going to require you to work once a month at least. And um, even though you know, in our contract, because we're unionized in our contract, it said once every six months, one shift every six months keeps you employed.
0: Oh, that'd be an amazing, amazing perk to have.
1: Yeah. And it was until my manager said, no, I'm going to require you to work. I believe she said two shifts a month. And Uh I said, I am not going to get on a plane, come home only to be canceled because they can cancel you and yes. without you know a reason so i figured well i would just leave that job and i and then i stayed at the children's hospital in the nicu there and uh, they were fine with that and and i was still working there when i decided to retire from nursing out there
0: so you basically you had one employer that said i'm going to make it tougher for you and you told them Bye bye. Yeah. And then the second one was far more lenient and allowed yes. you to come down. Yeah, that's right. big. Yeah. The current hospital where I work at is one of the worst for per diems. They require availability every week, one shift every week. Oh, which is horrible. Most uh, hospitals in the Bay Area require four days a month and you can group them all together.
1: Yeah.
0: Which at least allows you to. Uh, When I had a per diem job in San Francisco general, I could go around and I actually took an assignment in Salt Lake City and still would fly back and do my four shifts a month, but that's a short flight that's not crossing the Canadian border which is much longer. right
1: and especially right now where you have to get tested before you go out, I'm planning a trip home next week and it's going to be based on can I move some of my shifts around can I get my test done in time? Will I be able to get a test done up there in time? So there's going to be a lot of logistics um, to to working through that right now. Absolutely. For both of us, but when when Carl comes down here, it's the same thing, and um, you know he's got to get tested to cross the border. But that one, at least, you can do just the rapid test. Yes. And uh,
0: Canada still requires the PCR.
1: PCR. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a real pain. There are now
1: everything down there too.
0: (laughs) There are now home tests for the antigen that the USA will require. So for anyone leaving to Mexico or to Canada or to out of the country, like we went to Portugal, uh, you can purchase home tests from Abbott and Uh do them, take them with you. And then you can do them via video. And uh, you can do those anywhere. So I'll put the link for where I purchase those. Uh, you have to buy six at a time, but it's not a problem. Yeah. And that makes it much easier for anyone who wants to return to the U.S. But for those who are going to the particular destination country, you have to you have to pass those tests as well. Yeah. Now, how do you? How much pre work did you do before? And when I say pre work, I mean um, preparation for traveling down each winter? Did you do a different hospital each winter or did you return to the same place every time?
1: Well, initially I did. And like I said, I started off in Florida. I've done a couple of assignments in Florida. I did a seasonal assignment at my old hospital in Dallas one year and um, Yuma, Arizona. Um, And then... Oh, a, a few hospitals in California, but I'm, probably the last six to 10 years has been California. It's just easier for us.
0: Yes. And is it the same hospital in LA? Uh, that you it go has
1: to? been the last couple of years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very nice. And any words of wisdom to someone who's doing it uh, just once a year, is there certain tips that you've picked up to make life a bit easier? Do you, what do you say to your employer that you go to, uh, to make it easier to go back?
1: Just let them know as soon as possible, what your plans are. Uh, just keep them in the loop is, is the big thing. Um, managers don't like to be blindsided, uh, you know, two weeks before you are getting ready to go, by the way, um, <laughs>
0: So true. So true. So
1: so for me, after a while they just knew that this is what Mary Ellen does. And you know, they they went with the flow basically.
0: So a couple of months in advance, you would probably shoot them an email and say, Hey, I'm planning on coming down around this date. Does that work for you? Oh, you mean
1: the the place I'm going to or the place I'm leaving?
0: The one you're going well, the one you're leaving, I would assume you'd communicate with, but that but how you get that position to go to the to go. Oh, travel each mind, time
1: i'm, I'm practically staff where i'm at right now it's you know i just tell them can i come back in the fall and <laughs> the place i'm at right now is uh probably mostly travelers running it wow and um i don't know why um but you know i guess everybody travels for their own reasons like i could never be staffed because I don't want to, I don't want to actually move down here. You know, I, I still have my stuff back home and.
0: You're a Canadian resident and a Canadian citizen, right? Yes. Yes. So that you keep your residency up in Canada, you keep all your ties up there. Right. And you come down. So it's very clear that you're still Canadian, the U S obviously you pay tax, whatever state you work in.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh, the taxes in California are probably pretty equal to Canada, whereas Florida, there's no state tax, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So then the difference you would pay, you would pay Canadian tax on that.
1: Right. So I do my U S taxes first and, Mm -hmm. or Joe does. And, um, and then, uh, then I do my Canadian taxes and there is an agreement between Canada and the U S, um, I, I, I won't even get into that. It's, it's too complicated. But um, basically what I've paid, they take into consideration what I've paid into for taxes, social security and medical.
0: Right. Insurance. So it's good that both sides know what you're working. And yeah. if anyone in the US wants to go up and gets through all the paperwork to work in Canada, the same would be for them. Let both countries know you pay tax in, say, Canada first, and then you pay the difference in the U.S. You yeah. might even get a rebate because taxes are lower in the U.S. Yeah. And w- when you mentioned Joe, you meant Joseph Smith from Travel Tax. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And for anyone who doesn't know, Joseph Smith regularly talks at TravCon for us. He is basically a wizard when it comes to U.S understanding the US and the Canadian side for taxes and how they work together and getting the best for both worlds from you. So it's really nice to have somebody that understands both sides. And he did our taxes also for years. And uh, if you ever want to, I'll put his link in the notes as well because he does a ton of taxes for all travelers across the US and really understands that whole niche. I wanted to revisit this group that you started for spouses that are apart when working. And you don't mean just across the border. It could even be within the US.
1: Right, right. Because again, like I said, I thought I thought we were just an odd couple, you know. Um, oh, I don't know how many people said, how does Carl actually lets you do that? And I said, Carl doesn't let me do anything. I do what I want. Exactly, exactly. And we've been married for 38 years and still going strong. So maybe this is the secret to a long marriage. I don't know.
0: (laughs) So you weren't necessarily getting away from winter. You might've been getting away from Carl.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: (laughs) Now, where can someone find, uh, can find you? Are they on, are you on Facebook? How do they find you?
1: It's on Facebook. Um, It is a group called, okay, it's called, Travel nursing without spouses. And that's about the closest I could call it without, um, you know, because some people have mistaken it for single travelers, like single people traveling. So
0: I see. Okay. um, So it's for married travelers that are
1: people that leave their spouses behind.
0: Right. And
1: And I couldn't believe how many people do that. I thought we were the only ones that did that.
0: That is so cool that you brought a group together for that. I assume it would be open for all healthcare travelers, P T O T R T, yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I had just called it travel nursing because at that time when I started it, it's it's a very informal group. It's there's not a lot of activity on it, but it's like it was a big help for me to to vent, you know, especially when the pandemic hit um and and we were really separated at that time you know because he could fly down here but you know Canada basically had its borders closed so that it was very difficult to go up there and yes it was went up there at one point to renew my work authorization uh because you have to cross out of the border and then back in again to do that and basically I said to the guy, I'm an essential worker. And he said, well, what do you do? And I said, I'm a nurse. And he said, you work in the US? And I said, yes. And I said, therefore, I do not have to quarantine. I'm leaving in four days. <laughs> and uh, that was it. So I didn't have to quarantine at that time, but um, but it, it got to be really, really difficult um, once the pandemic hit and these border closures came about. And it's still not easy, but at least we're able to maneuver around it now. Yes,
0: I love your, I'm going to put the link for your group in the notes. And I think we really need to make that more public at the next travelers conference. I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, are away from their spouses or their partners and wouldn't mind a bit of support when they're on the road.
1: Yeah. And it's like things like, well, what do you do for holidays? Um, um uh, you know um how do you keep in touch with each other carl and i don't facetime every day like uh, some other couples do but we text and we know we we know the others there and he knows my schedule so i don't have time to sit down with a facetime when i'm working back-to-back nights um because i drive an hour and 15 minutes to get to work
0: so oh, wow Okay. Well,
1: to live on the ocean? Yeah, it's worth it.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. What is the state of travel nursing in Canada? Are you aware of any of that? I know I did some in British Columbia when I was there, and that was many years ago.
1: But that's like a lot of remote remote nursing. It's
0: mostly remote, and you have to stay within the province. You can't hop from province to province like you can right. hop from state to state in the U.S. Yeah. Do they do that much in Alberta?
1: Uh, not really. Um, you know, before the pandemic hit, they were getting ready to lay off, uh, healthcare workers. Um, of course they decided not to do that. And
0: now but, they're begging for them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now they're begging for them. They, you know, it's, it's, uh, the state is about the same as it is down here, you know, with, uh, anything goes kind of thing, you know, Yes. Like if you're, if you're a NICU nurse, you could be working with adults. Um,
0: yeah, but they never risk. try that the other way around. They know better. They would never put yeah. me in NICU.
1: No. Well, <laughs> no, because really it's a pretty low risk area with COVID. So. <laughs> um, uh, you know, but there is such a shortage for adult ICU nurses that, you know, and I get floated to pick you when I'm down here. Um, so it's like playing Russian roulette (laughs) but but it is what it is and um, you know I can either do it and hope for the best or I can retire and I'm not ready to retire so
0: you've got too much to offer
1: well and you know 30% extra compared to the Canadian dollar
0: (laughs) it's so true you know the benefits uh, of of changing that U S dollar back to Canadian is, is a big bonus. And for those who are thinking, I know we, we see questions pop up. I'd love to go work and travel in Canada and it's just not as easy as it no, is. It's not in the U S
1: it's not. And, and, and the thing I tell people too, cause I've had a lot of people ask me about that and I said, well, you know, do you want to pay $700 for a license for one year? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, that was one of the reasons why I don't, um, well, don't renew it, my license again, but... Uh,
0: is that how much the Alberta license is, is 700? Yep. Yeah, and it British Columbia is not far off. So yeah, I have heard that when I came to, Can- to from Canada to the US, I had to rewrite my NCLEX, but I've heard that that's not the case anymore, that one is good no, for
1: the other side. That's right, because Canada has adopted the NCLEX. Uh, so of course, I wrote back in the dinosaur age we won't
0: say what year yeah
1: <laughs> but um when i wrote, I, I did the same thing i hopped in my car drove down to helena montana and did the test and and at that time i okay now i'm really showing my age at that time i could have grandfathered into um uh, to, to a texas license and not did the exam but i'm glad i did because it made things easier because a few years later they did change things so that we had to get the visa screen certificate.
0: I sweated during the NCLEX, and I had done nursing for maybe three, four years, uh-huh. and I had to relearn what children are trying to accomplish, like what a two-year-old is trying to accomplish, and and the whole uh, maternity, you know, all the things that I purposely. Uh, Forgot after I got through nursing school, and then the drug names are different. Yes, and uh, you know, there's Canadian brand name, there's a U.S. brand name, and then there's a generic name. And the U.S. never uses generic, so it was it was quite a challenge. I found that I was guessing with things I've never heard of before. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to work in Canada, they don't have to do the NPLEX. We're pretty sure there is a license in each province, just like there is in each state down here. There's no such thing as a compact. (laughs) And then there's the work authorization. And it's probably the same juggle that you and I had to do where you sort of had to get the job offer first, and then you could get the work authorization. And then you had to have all your ducks in a row. It's not easy um but once no, but you get the, T, it...
1: the tn the tn is the easiest way to do it um when we moved to texas we were applying for a green card so that carl could work um but um honestly for me to just come down here temporarily to work uh it's it's easier just to get the tn visa and right that allows me to work it allows me to be down here and now it'll, we find out um, through uh, a wonderfully nice um, U.S. customs agent that Carl can get a visa too, but he just can't work with it. But it allows him freedom to cross back and forth. Even uh, by that's,
0: that's what my husband did. He got the TN yeah. as well, or he got the spousal, but he could not work. Yeah. yeah. And then you also do your, you have to pay for the license in California, uh huh. Um, and you renew California, that every couple of years.
1: California, Florida, uh, Texas, Arizona, Colorado, which was my original license, so I have to keep that one, and Hawaii. So
0: you I have, have to keep. Licenses. You keep all of those active? No, no. Okay. Just
1: Colorado and California right now. Yes. Um, oh, and Hawaii too, because someday I may go to Hawaii. <laughs> I think that's on
0: everyone's dream list. It was yeah. on my bucket list and I got as far as California and I couldn't get any further. <laughs> I was literally on our way to Hawaii. Well, thank you so much. I think that gives people a good start if they want to do any travel uh, travel nursing in, in uh, Canada. We also don't know at much. I'm sorry, P-T-O-T-R-T-S-L-P, all of the allied professions and the therapists. We don't know much about qualifying and working there yeah. other than the job appears to be very similar than it is in the U S
1: yeah.
0: and uh, that I'll put some links in the notes below. Also, if you want to pursue that and you can find Mary Ellen online, you will also find her every year. She is one of just a few that have been to every single TravCon. Two.
1: Besides the, besides you guys, just two of us.
0: Exactly. Two of you thomas and myself and phil and um i think that's pretty much it and joseph cynthia no i don't think i think cynthia wasn't there the first or second year okay
1: Okay.
0: and then she was after that uh joseph would have been there every year for sure yeah 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 lots of fun It is. Thank you so much for joining us on the Traveler Minute of the podcast. We look forward to seeing you at TravCon and online. Take care, Mary Ellen. Have a a great year.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: Thanks for listening to Travel Nursing and Allied Life. You can find the full show notes below or at TravCon.org. Please help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.